Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the Baggies Broadcast, it's season 4, it's episode 18. My name is Luke Hatfield and what's that? There is no one on the other end of this podcast, just me today, no Joe Massey. But not to worry, we've still got an episode coming your way. A little bit different than usual, of course. Uh, we're going to bring back the old 606 style episode. We did a couple last season. We thought, why not do one at the halfway point of this season? Uh, and with Joe and Abel to come on, I thought, why not? Let's get some Albion fans uh, in on the podcast. So we've got a selection for you. We're going to talk about the season so far, Big Sam what you think of the football, recent results, the deadline day fiasco that is, what, a matter of days away from us now. And then, of course, you know, a couple fixtures coming up, absolutely huge. But before we get started, I just wanted to raise a serious point uh, surrounding the news uh, today that um, Romain Sawyer's Albion Fan Albion player Romain Sawyer's targeted with vile racist abuse. Uh, West Brom have taken this up with um, the West Midlands police. It's not something uh, we want to be seeing, of course. Uh, 99% of fans will 100% agree with me um, that this, this has no place in society nowadays. It didn't have any place in society anyway. Um, judging someone on the colour of their skin absolutely uh, is out of order. Um, and although people will say it's you know true fans won't have said this, um, ultimately they are football fans, whether you like it or not, and it's sad to see. Um, I would urge all fans, um, whether it's on social media or when you're back in grounds, if you hear any of this kind of abuse targeted at players, it's absolutely not on. Make sure you report it. Um, there are there are numerous ways to do it. If you're at the if you're at the game in say a season's time when fans are back in there. Just grab a steward. It's, I mean, it's, it, it takes two seconds to report. But ultimately, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable in this day and age. Um, it's horrible to see. You know, we throw our back in behind, remain, absolutely condemn any of the abuse um, that's headed his way and, and the way of other people of colour, whether it be in football, whether you know, they're a player, a presenter, a, a pundit, um, whether it's you know just someone you, know, you happen to walk past in the street. It's absolutely abhorrent, vile, we do not want to see this kind of thing anymore. I would urge all fans, anything you see, whether it's on social media or like I said, when you're back in grounds, just report it. It's the way to go and we can finally uh, kick racism. Not out of just football, but out of society in general. Right, back to it anyway, the podcast. We're going to get like, a couple of fans on the phone, like I said. Uh, as I said, going to speak about the season in general uh, and the first one, none other than friend of the podcast, Mr. Alistair Jones. All right, Alistair, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, obviously, a good friend of the podcast. Um, yeah. Firstly, just I'm just going to get your thoughts. What what have you made of the of the season so far? Because obviously, we're at the halfway point now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, Firstly, it's difficult to say we're at the halfway point, but Allardyce and coaching team haven't been here for long enough really to to put their stamp on what they want to do. You've got to take into consideration that the amount of games that they played over Christmas, which meant it was very little time had on the training ground. Um, and I think that what they've got to solve first and foremost for me is just the disparity in the, in the, the, the quality of performance. I mean, essentially we've got the same squad 
and the same team, really, neither of the same eleven. We for the give or take one or two that performed brilliantly at, at Molyneux. Then okay, we lost at West Ham, but they still performed quite well. We're always in the game, and then we go to, to Tuesday. Uh, and for me, that must be the most frustrating. It's the most frustrating thing for me. So it's got to be for Sam and the coaching staff as well, because I don't think any of us saw that coming. I don't think we expected to win the game. Of course, we didn't. But I don't think the level of performance was expected. Uh, I mean, that, there's ways to lose games, isn't there? Mm. And that wasn't it. That's it. I mean, it's, it's, it is frustrating, isn't it? Because I mean, the, the the Molyneux game, and then obviously you know the West Ham performance afterwards. You know. Albion arguably deserves something from that, and then you go. To, and I know City's City City. It's a tough game, whether you're at home or away. But for me, the, the performance kind of it almost screamed of players who had gone out kind of expecting to lose that game. And for any performance, you can't really go out like that. I don't think. Well, firstly, I agree with you to a certain extent. But for the first three minutes, I know this sounds really <laughs> pathetic. But for the first three minutes, we didn't look like we were going out to lose the game. But then. Again, as soon as they conceded, they just looked like they're, they're gone, they're, they're, they're gone completely. And, and that hadn't happened in the last two games. And that's, that's for me, what must be the single most frustrating thing for the coaching staff. Because the, 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 the thought that sussed it, because they went behind at Molyneux um, and came back and won the game. And the thought that got sussed that. And then that again, I mean, some of the performances on Tuesday... Were, I couldn't believe what I was watching and, and the disappointing thing for me and I've heard it to quite a few of my mates and stuff was if they'd have showed as much commitment in the game as they did as trying to get the, the players shirts that they wanted at the end of the game it might have given them a, a better result <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching I mean I'm not one to criticise individual players at all and I'm not going to on this podcast but for, for, for watching that there was loads of them and, and they were just like I can have your shirt and it was like they didn't like felt for me felt from the outside looking in but they didn't want to didn't belong there. I just that's and we're a Premier League team. It's not we're not playing them in the cup. Mm. Maybe it's something silly and maybe it's modern day football. I don't know. But all this shirt swapping and, and things like that. Like it's just if I was the manager, I'd be going mental at them. <laughs> uh, I mean, and and by 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 all accounts, I mean the fact that Allardyce was locked in with those players after. Yeah. Is that something you like to see as a fan? And this is again comes down for me for a major problem within our squad at the minute. The one person who they chose and they, they did choose him. I understand that the choose for media commitments was a bloke who's been here less than two weeks. Mm. Uh, why haven't we got a leader that's come out and embarrassed and, and, and apologised? I mean, fair play to Allardyce to come out and say I'm sorry about that. But we haven't got anybody, with the exception of maybe Livermore and Bartley. There are leaders in that in that group, and that's a massive problem for me because we are, you go back to our sort of Premier League heydays. We had proper proper football football blokes that wanted to be stand up and accountable, and make more importantly, make other people accountable. You had people like Brunt, Morrison, Jakob, Reed, Joe McCauley, Olsen, people like that. Maybe not the best footballers in the world have ever seen, but they cared about the, what and they cared about the performance around them as well and I don't think we've got enough players in that squad that are, that are going to ask questions about each other I think it's too nice and I think that's one of the major problems we've got we need some horrible bleeps in that squad <laughs> and we haven't got them Is that what you think Albion are really missing that that, that kind of that character? 
Hundred percent. Uh, and again, I'm not taking this isn't a slight on any player whatsoever. But if Matt Phillips is the next cab in the rank to be a captain of a football team, you know you've got a problem with leadership. That's not taking anything away from Phillips' ability as a footballer. He's done a good job for us for, over the years. He's been, and I know he gets a bit of stick, but uh, as a Premier League player, he's been okay. But as a captain, nah, I, I don't, I don't buy. It. Come on, he's, he, he, uh, you've got to have a bloke who's gonna cajole encourage Rollock and I did say with an R then Luke uh, <laughs> with um, to, to make sure that, that people are understanding what the job role is and what they've got to do and if they don't do it they get uh, held over the coals by their peers not the manager the people in the team mm. and obviously there's a big run coming up as well mate I mean you've got some massive yeah. fixtures now I mean it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people would have expected a defeat against Man City. You kind of hope yeah. that the players won't have taken too much of a knock of confidence because of that. Well, hopefully, yeah. And that's one of the reasons I think that Sam said that he wanted it done on that night. And that's one of the reasons why he kept him in. Didn't want to mention it after that night. Man, let's get it right. Man City can do that to many, any team. That, that That's fair enough. And I think we've done it right. We've got to focus on these next two games. And then, after, obviously, then they've got Newcastle coming up, I believe, as well. These are the games that they're going to define the season, not Man City. These are the games. And, again, I don't want to be a, a critical, but I don't think the club's helped the, the, the management team out whatsoever with not getting players in before these two massive games. I I understand how difficult the transfer window is course to do and I'm not naive I know we haven't got a lot of money but they've got to look at the bigger picture for me Luke uh, Luke Dowling is great at getting the job uh, getting um, people over the line at our, on our terms but surely this had to be extraordinary circumstances or extenuating circumstances these two games if we could have had one or two bodies in this week to get us a little bit of a bounce that would have helped and I'm sorry nobody can tell me that it would have cost us a huge amount difference it might have cost us a few hundred grand maybe 200 grand difference to get these two players in we're not talking millions of pounds and if we can't gamble that sort of money then I'm sorry quite frankly we don't deserve to be in the Premier League mm. what, what do you make of, of some of the names being linked, linked with the club because there's some who are obviously you know big big names the likes yeah. of Ainsley Mate and Niles I mean, what a signing that would be. Of course, you know you're gonna you're gonna face competition from elsewhere. The latest reports yeah. being Southampton are interested in it. Yeah, I mean, for, for the player, I mean, if you, I'm a salesman by trade, I suppose. But I mean, if you're talking to the player, you'd be telling him that you're gonna play 90 minutes every time. Mm. Injuries permitting at the Albion. Are you gonna get that at Southampton? Are you gonna play in the position that you want to play? And they're, they're rumored to be in him at left back, and that's probably his least favorite position. So I mean, there's ways and means of trying to persuade a player, I'd guess, but. I think he's got the hallmarks of uh, a Kieran Richardson sort of signing. You know, I mean, like he, he was absolutely uh, brilliant for us when we bought him in alone a few years back for the Great Escape, um, the first Great Escape that we had, and he, he sort of was a catalyst along with Oldfield and, and Campbell. But I, I, I really think Maitland Niles could be a, a, an answer to our fallback problems, and maybe if there's a problem in the centre midfield as well. He's got a good engine; he gets up and down. Um, I, I, I'd like. Any, that sort of player would be a, a, a great addition and I think it realistically it's something somebody that was way above anything that we thought we'd realistically get so yeah, yeah he'd be a good signing but the two foreign guys um, Ziang and, and Yokosmu at the end of the day I've done the same as everyone else I've looked at YouTube but I think I could look decent on YouTube so <laughs> you, 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 you can't really until the 
until they're at the club and, the, and you're watching them in the flesh or watching them on telly, you can't watch them in the flesh now, can you? Yeah. Your club, you can't tell really how good they're going to be or, or how average they're going to be. So, reserve judgment, I suppose. But pedigree seems quite good. Yeah, I mean, and the, and the, the goals record for, for Diagne, I mean, it looks terrific. I mean, I know there are question marks about him off the field at times. And yeah. he's, he's had an interesting career, to put it lightly. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I mean, people laugh about Balotelli, but I mean, ultimately, I mean, he, he did score goals for that City yeah. team. If you get his head right, he was a good player. I mean, this might be the fan for this guy. I mean, and Sam's got a, a track record of getting the, this sort of signing to, to, to fire for him, hasn't he? I mean, you go back to sort of the the journeyman footballers that he had back in the day at um, Bolton with Hierro and Campo and Akosha mm. and Jorkaev, people like that. I mean, obviously they're a different level. I'm not saying Diangna's on that sort of level, but, you know, he's got a record of getting these, these, these foreign players to come and settle quite quickly in England for, let's say, a whole hard-working team rather than a team full of flair and that's what he wants Albion to be so uh, wait and see I suppose it's, it's better it's, it's better than what we've got I think he's probably overriding feeling than what, what I've got at the mini uh, yeah and and lastly mate obviously you know one of the stories that has broken today uh, is the news about uh, Remain yeah. obviously he's been a little bit of a lightning rod for some of for some of criticism on the pitch and probably fairly so he hasn't had the best of seasons yeah. but obviously this is it's overstepped a line now hasn't it well I mean let's get it right first and foremost the club itself has and never should be or will be associated with that sort of thing and they're not fans for me so I mean uh, I just can't believe that a club who have been so at the forefront of, uh, of racial equality have, have, have had fans that are doing this so that's embarrassing first and foremost look I'm not going to stand here and talk to you and say I've never slagged Romain Sawyers off and mm. said I have Paul for his performances but there's a line Luke there is a line and that's crossed the line I, I, I would I would question his his ability as a Premier League footballer, but I'd question that in the right way and and ask the questions in the right way. It's got nothing to do with his creed or colour or how good a football he is. And I, I just find it deplorable. I really do. I, find, I think it's uh, really poor. And I've got to say, it seems to be the modern day football fan. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm casting a very a very wide net there and, and tying everybody with the same brush, but it seems to be more and more these keyboard warriors are, are very brave behind their screen in the in the in the bedrooms, you know. I mean, I just it, it doesn't doesn't work for me whatsoever. I just don't understand why people would do it. Uh, I can understand, as I said, and you said, I can understand critiquing performances. That's what a f- football fan does, Luke. That's what we do. That's what mm-hmm. we enjoy to do. We have a bit of banter and uh, and stuff like that. But that that's just wrong uh, on so many levels. And hopefully, the club finds out who it is, and he's, uh, he or she is never allowed to come into the club again. Yep, completely echo those sentiments, Alistair. Look, appreciate you coming on, mate. Really do appreciate it, as I said. Um, fingers crossed uh, we'll all be back in ground soon. Um, but yeah, appreciate your time today. Yes, Andy. No problem, mate. All the best. No, nice one, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye. Top notch stuff from Alistair there. Uh, next up on our, on our list, our list of Albion callers. Uh, a man who regularly helps myself and the Express and Star out uh, with video reaction post game. I'm sure you'll have seen uh, his face, his face and his voice. Um, if you do keep uh, your eyes on the website after 
after West Brom matches, uh, he's helped us out, whether it's from his living room, whether um, he's out and about, he'll, he'll always be willing to send us some video reaction. Uh, next man on our call list, Mr. Jack Bradley. Hi, Jack. Uh, pleasure to have you on. Firstly, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Luke. You know, keeping well amidst everything that's going on. You know, all things considered, can't complain too much about yourself. Uh, yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Uh, literally, as as I was introing you, I was talking about your your efforts from with your video reaction. So it's always a delight to to speak to you, mate. Um, nah, not a problem. First thing we're going to cover uh, transfers. So obviously, a couple of days left of the window. What have you made of the window so far? It's 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 been a tough one for a lot of clubs to operate in, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I'd, yeah, fans of any club were probably under no illusions that it was going to be a difficult window in, uh, in which to do business this year. Uh, obviously, with everything going on with the pandemic, um, and you know, typically Albion tend to struggle in January as it is anywhere, hmm. even in the best of times. Um, you know, I think I think so far it's it's, it's probably been what I expected personally, uh, hmm. which probably isn't saying much. Uh, yeah, we've only, obviously only got. Robert Snodgrass in so far, and I know that we're, we're working on working on other deals. Um, you know, the lad from Galatasaray looks like it's 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 close to being done. Um, we've seen today that that the medical has been completed, so you know that that's a positive step. Whether he'll come in and improve us remains to be seen, but I think you know at, at the very least it was important to get another striker in, given that Charlie Austin left. Despite him not him not playing a great deal this season, um, obviously it's important to make sure you've at least got bodies uh, where, where you need them. Mm. Um, I'd like to see us do a little bit more. Um, I think I think we all would, but you know, it's, it's obviously a difficult time to to be doing business. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's interesting you mentioned. Uh, Diagne, the striker from Galatasaray. Cause we, I mean, we've had a caller on before you, and he was saying, you know, he's he's got a little bit of of, of the Mario Balotelli about him. Which, I mean, when you look at like off the field, you you could argue that if he, if he comes in produces that, that that kind of level, though, I mean, and we're not saying he's going to be doing that, and I'm not comparing him with Balotelli, but if he does, and he he does find his feet quickly, he could he could well be the man to fire Albion's safety, couldn't he? Yeah, and you know, I think I, I, I can't claim to have seen much of him, if, if any of him, if I'm honest. Um, but I think anyone that comes in and, and, and you know is compared to somebody like Mario Balotelli, you, know, you immediately start to start to kind of wonder. You know, if, if he comes in and hits the ground running, he could be could be a really good player for us. Um, I think we all know that, that Balotelli is a bit of a bit of a maverick, I suppose we'll say. Um, and you know, those are the those are the types of players that you all they always seem to go one way or the other rather beloved and become a bit of a cult hero or you know, or they end up being incredibly frustrating. I suppose it remains to be seen what happens with Dagnay in that in that in that sense. But certainly hoping he can come in and, and add add a little bit of firepower up top because you know, whilst I think I think any striker playing in West Brom's team would probably find it difficult given mm. given we don't create heaps of chances at the moment, but I think we do need someone who can perhaps craft craft something out of nothing up top, and I think you know he, he seems the type of striker that will be capable of playing up front on his own, and, and you know he'll be expected to work hard as, as any striker would under under Salah and in particular. But hopefully he can come in and, and do that role well and, and give us something that we haven't really got at the minute. Obviously, mate, one of the the, the, the biggest names linked with the club, and, and it's it's only come out recently, really, is Ainsley, mate, and Niles. Yeah. Obviously. 
it, it comes as a bit of a surprise for me anyway, so seeing him just because of obviously the, the quality of player he is, he's a young player. I was I was certain that, you know, someone bigger no disrespect to Albion, but higher up the table would would probably be a more attractive prospect. But like like the previous caller said, Albion can guarantee him ninety minutes a game given he's he's fit. So surely that's got to speak for something. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that uh, from from everything that's been said so far in the press, it seems as though playing time is going to be a big thing for him. Uh, obviously, as things stand, the Euros are set to take place at the end of the season. He, you know, he's a player that's had previous exposure to the England setup and and managed to win himself caps. So I think you know he'll definitely be looking at his his, his move as an opportunity for him to really really crack into that setup. And, and you know whether that's Albion or not remains to be seen. But he'll you, you you would think that if he if he comes to to West Brom, then he's going to be playing ninety minutes every week. And you know barring any fitness issues, I think. That area of the pitch is somewhere where we need to improve and in the centre of the park. Um, but I do think, obviously, he's a versatile player who's played full-back as well. And I don't think we're brilliant there either. So I think mm. he's, he's, he's guaranteed to play regularly. Um, you know, if, if, if hopefully, you know, hopefully he chooses Albion, hopefully we can get that deal done. Because um, I think he would improve us. And, and obviously, like, as, as it is with any transfer, that's the aim. But I think... It's really, really important that we get get somebody who who has probably proven at a Premier League level like he is, and uh, has hunger as well. Because I think with loan signings in January, that's always a risk. How how hungry are they to to come in and make an impact when you know it's tricky? They might not have been playing for a few months beforehand, and their their clubs kind of forcing them out the door to get them off the wage bill. Um, whereas I think with someone like Ainsley Maitland Miles with the with the Euros around the corner. He'll be seeing that as an opportunity to really shine. Mm. And obviously, mate. I mean, they're coming off what was a, a pretty dismal performance against, against Manchester City. I don't think anyone expected Albion to go to go and beat City at the Hawthorns, uh, yeah. but the performance they put in. What did you make of it as, as, as a fan of the club? It's 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 becoming an all too familiar familiar sight, isn't it? As an Albion fan, I mean, yeah, we've we've we improved. Uh, against Wolves and against West Ham um, but then it's almost as if I'm, as you said no one was expecting us to go and, and, and turn over Man City but considering it wasn't that long ago that we drew with them away at the Etihad and we, we, we concentrated for 90 minutes and we battled for everything um, that just wasn't there then uh, in, in, the, in the return fixture at the Hawthorns um, it, it was frustrating you know because it, it feels like we're our own worst enemies. I've said this a lot this season, and, and you know, it's like we 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 switch off at key moments, and we don't don't follow through on the basics and the fundamentals of the game. And you know, any team in the Premier League is going to punish you in that scenario. Never mind one of the best teams in the world. Never mind the league. So yeah, it was it was incredibly frustrating. Um, under no illusions that Manchester City are a far better side than West Brom. Um, they're a far better side than most of them in the league, and at the moment they're certainly playing at a higher level than anyone. Um, but you, you do expect to at least have that have that desire to to you know make, make life difficult for the opposition um, when when you're up against a team like that and you're in that position, and that just wasn't there the other night. And you know that's when the silly mistakes come in and, and, and you get exposed. It's it's tough, and, and you know. 
thankfully we're, we've got the fixtures against Man City out of the way now because you know they could do that to any team on any given any given day in the Premier League. But you know we we now have some massive games to follow and hopefully it hasn't dented morale too much. Hopefully whatever was said in the dressing room at, at full time has uh, has you know stoked the fires within the within the squad and, and we can get some pivotal points on the board against Fulham and Sheffield United because they're season defining games, aren't they? Now? Yeah, that's it. You, you kind of you've almost taken away my next question there. To be honest, mate. I mean, two absolutely massive games. Do do how many points do you think Albion need to take from the, these two fixtures? Really, six um, at an absolute minimum. It, it, it's it's four, isn't it? You know I mean, mm. they're, they're either side of us in the table. Um, we need to we need to put pressure on them and take some pressure off ourselves um, which is something that six points would do um, I think that would it would propel us above yeah, it would propel us above Fulham if we were to get the six points so you know, really we need to <laughs> we need to get we need to get these points on the board the, the guys are massive um, Sheffield United obviously beat Manchester United and Marby that would be full of confidence going into the game on Tuesday uh, Fulham also been they're much improved I think from the start of the season and, and you know you look back across their season it's almost as if the the win against us at Craven Cottage in October was the turning point for them um, you know they haven't obviously gone on to blow teams away but they're definitely a better side now than they were then and, and they they look confident so it's going to be tough um, we need to we need to take the pressure off ourselves and, and pile it on to those two because you know if, if we do stay up I think chances are it'll be it'll be Fulham and Sheffield United that make up two of the bottom three. So yeah, we've got to, we really need to take attack these fixtures and, and hopefully take maximum points from them. Yeah, and, and lastly, mate, the big story today, of course, is 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 the vile abuse that has been targeting Remain Sawyer's. Obviously, uh, I said previously uh, on another call. Footballers are open to criticism and Romain Sawyers isn't immune to that in terms of his ability on a football pitch. But when you're targeting a person because of their race and their creed and colour, it, it oversteps the mark, doesn't it? And it's not something that anyone wants to see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing short of disgraceful. Um, I was really, really disappointed when, when I checked the news this morning and, and saw that the club had put out, put out uh, the, the tweet that they had and, and you know, there was this... this sudden kind of apparent stance against against what had happened and completely rightly by the way but it was just such a it was such a shame and it was such a shock almost because I think you know I'm, I'm of, a, of a generation of West Brom fan where I, I didn't get to see the likes of Sir Regis and Laurie Cunningham play mm. um, but it speaks volumes about the impact that they had on football uh, not just West Brom Jardim but the, the entire sport that, that they're so Highly uh, revered by by West Brom Albion fans, and you know the fact the fact that they did so much for, I suppose, for lack of a better term, race relations in football whilst playing as at West Brom Albion. It's a badge of honour that I think we all wear as fans of the club. Um, so that the fact that there's been, you know, I, I don't know if it was an individual or a group. Um, I, I certainly hope it, it wasn't a group. Um, because that almost makes it even even worse if it can even get any worse. But it, it's absolutely disgraceful to think that there's targeted abuse of any of any kind, really. But when it when it when it 
gets into you know the realms of the colour of your skin and it, it's just it's not on is it it's it's a dark day really for the club um that the you know that there's fans that are, are sending these kind of messages of targeted abuse online and you know something has to be done because it's becoming all too all too common an issue for clubs around the country isn't it yeah certainly is mate look jack it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for taking the time today no reason thank you Great stuff from Jack there. Always good to get his perspective um, and fans' perspectives in general um, on the season so far and all the latest happenings. Uh, next up, Mr. Leo Watkins. Hi, Leo. Pleasure to have you on, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, man. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, had a couple callers on before yourself. Um and I'll start with the point we finished on in the last call. Uh, Remain Sawyers, obviously, the news today is absolutely deplorable, really, about, about the abuse that he's been receiving. Um, I was saying in the previous call, you can judge a player by his performance on the pitch, but when it when it steps over a line like it has, especially when it's involving a club like West Brom, who have been pioneers for racial equality um, for years and years and years, it, it really is such a shame to see, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Remain would probably be the first person to to admit that his performances, certainly of late, have, have not been to the standard that he would expect of himself, really. But no matter how someone's performing on the pitch, I mean, you can't descend to any of the abuse that was given to him. It's absolutely deplorable. And I'm really glad that the club have come out very strongly and, and sort of said that it's just not on, really. Um, I'm just hoping it's not a sign of... As things turn at our club, to be honest. Um, but you were back a year ago when we were flying high under Billich, and there was this talk of us being almost like a, a moral club again and, and doing things the right way. And since things haven't gone well this year, I'm just hoping that it's not a turn for the worst, really. Yeah, and obviously performances this season have been tough, but it's kind of a little bit of it's a little bit's kind of culminated in, in that Man City game, hasn't it? Where I don't think anyone expected Albion to to, to beat City. Uh, I don't think anyone really expects them to get a point. But the style of the defeat, I think, has has, has really irked fans, and it, it, no doubt it irked Sam Allardyce the way he kind of kept the players locked into that that dressing room post match. But what what did you make of that as a fan? Yeah, I mean. I was quite glad in a way to see Big Sam keep the players behind and there's this talk of it being like a, a fire break where it's sort of, you know, that it, it ends here and from now on the, the work really does start. Um, you, you look at the, the way that we capitulated so many times this season um, and you look at the teams around us that are starting to get a run of form together. You know, they're, they're keeping themselves in games until the 60th, 70th minute, like we did against Liverpool, and then they hope to win something. Uh, similar to what Burnley did to you lot the other night, you know, you go 1-0 behind, you stay in a game, and then, you know, if you get a, a nice long throw or a corner or something like that, you can be well back into the game. But if we're losing games 4 or 5 nil every couple of weeks, there's no chance that we're going to stay in this division at all. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, mate. I'd, I'd only just gone over that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, man. I had to stick the knife at one point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you one bit, mate. I do not blame <laughs> you one bit. Uh, I suppose the important thing for Albion is, you know, ultimately their season isn't defined by Man City and by Liverpool. It's by the likes of Sheffield United and Fulham, who, ironically enough, are, are both coming up. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a massive, massive next month or two, isn't it, really? I think we've got... 
what is it, something like five or six of the bottom clubs in the next ten games. Mm. Uh, obviously, Newcastle, Burley and all those. Sadly, it looks like a couple of those teams are starting to get a run of form together, which is uh, coming at the wrong time for us. Um, I just hope that this fire break that Big Sam has talked of and then obviously, hopefully, some new signings coming in can mean that we really are going to start trying to fight now because at the moment, we just seem to be rolling over in the opening ten minutes of every game. Mm. What do you make of that that battle at the bottom, mate? I mean, are you are you predicting Albion? Do you still have do you still have like serious hope and confidence in this side that they can fight their way out of that bottom three? I mean, ask me again in two or three weeks. I think is that so so crucial this next couple of games mm. uh, at this very moment in time. Don't really feel too confident to be completely honest with you, man. I mean, I think Sheffield United are just starting to click. Uh, Scott Parker's managed to get Fulham playing pretty okay, but we just don't seem to to find that moment in games where we can, you know, really turn it on. We just seem to be on the back foot for for most of our games at the moment. So I don't see it turning around, to be honest. Sadly, I suppose the key for for Albion and the players is you you kind of wipe the slate clean of that City game, but maybe think back to Molyneux and 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 to West Ham in that respect, where I mean they didn't deserve to lose that game. Um, and put in a really good performance, of course, you know, coming back at Molyneux. I mean, what what a lift that was at the time. Yeah, well, certainly, man. I think they were sort of more highly pressured. Obviously, the Molyneux game is a more highly pressured with it being a derby. So, you know, anything can happen in those fixtures. Um, but that was an example of what I said about just staying in a game like Burnley did. As I said, sorry to bring it up again, but <laughs> you, you, you just stay in a game, you know, 1-0 down, 60, 70 minutes. And that's clearly what Big Sam wants to do with the sides. You know, this, this notion of playing teams off the park and Sawyer's getting hundreds of touches in midfield is not going to happen anymore. Hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to have to lock the door at the back and uh, just try and stay in these games, even against the teams around us. Because with, with our attacking options, I just don't see us getting the goals to, to, to beat teams like Fulham or Sheffield United, really. Yeah, and you kind of touched on the, the, their attacking options. One one man who looks set to join Albion um, by Diagne. Have you, have you looked much at him? I mean, a, a lot of fans, and I mean, me as a, as a as a man covering the club. I mean, I've not seen a lot of him. You, you stick YouTube highlights on, and he looks like a world beater. All of a sudden, do you have do you do you have hopes pinned pinned on him? And then obviously another name linked, uh, Ainsley Maitland Lyles. What signing that'd be? Yeah, I mean, firstly, is it Diagne? Is how you pronounce it? I'm not too sure. I, um, I'm going to be honest, mate. I've I've settled with Diagne, but it could be something else. Let's go with that then. Um, yeah, I've, I've done the same YouTube highlights, and as you say, you know, with a bit of uh, dance music over it and editing, it looks like a well beater. But I've, I've heard questions of his character a little bit. I mean, people have said that he's a bit like Balotelli, and you know, yeah. if you can get him playing for you, then you know that's fantastic. But if you don't, then it could be a bit of a toxic atmosphere. So, be interesting to see how big and uh, him and Big Sam work together. Um, in terms of Maitland Niles, I think he's sort of way more the type of pre- uh, pedigree that we're going to want in our team. Uh, I think maybe him and Conor Gallagher in midfield would be a good partnership. Mm. Um, he could also play at right back maybe or, or left back if Gibbs keeps this sort of poor run of form going. Um, so yeah, very excited about Maitland Niles and I'll stay on the fence about Diagne for now. And what have you made of the, of the window as a whole, mate? Obviously, it's a very tough one for clubs to operate in. I think we've seen that across the Premier League and across world football, really. It's just a shame that it's come when Albion are desperately in need of players, I guess. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it kind of smacks of um, the sort of lack of direction that we've got as a club, really. Uh, you know, you, you get Big Sam in as someone who has famously always said, I sign my players that I need 
and therefore I get results. Uh, you know, he spoke about that after locking the players in the dressing room the other day. And he says, uh, I've tried and tested every club I've been at. I sign my players and they make the players around them play better. But if we've not gone for the long-term plan with Billich and we've got Allardyce in and we know that he's like that, we know that we're not going to be able to, to get in those players because we don't have the money, particularly with obviously COVID and everything. So he's already started to lower his sights to two or three faces uh, in this window. And to be completely honest, I'm not sure if it's going to be enough. Um, you know, if we can't get those two or three marquee signings, then we've just got to hope that it will improve the squad around them. But I just think we're quite a naive young team that don't really have a lot of Premier League experience. So it's going to be hard to, to teach that in such a short space of time, really. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Look, uh, Leo, I really appreciate you taking the time today to come on. Um, and just yeah, just thanks so much for taking the time. No worries, mate. Thanks very much. Have a good one. Cheers. You too. Cheers. Bye, man. Oh, good stuff from Leo there. Right, uh, who's going to be next? Who's going to be next? Uh, none other than Mr. Spencer George. All right, mate, thanks for joining us. Um, just had a good conversation uh, with a previous caller about the transfer window. What have you made of Albion's business so far? Because it's been a tough window off to, to operate in, hasn't it? Um, what business? <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'd say, mate, to be honest. Um, it's a difficult one because we knew we wouldn't have much to spend um, we've known that from the last transfer window we know that the pandemic has kind of hit finances pretty hard um, I think there are questions about the success of our recruitment policy in general I know Joe said in in previous podcasts that he thinks that um, the club did well in the last window and I think maybe on paper they did well but I think when you look a bit deeper into it they they've not got the right right people and, and I think Slavon Bilic has to take a bit of, a bit of blame for that uh, as well. So looking at this window, if you look at where Sam Allardyce has done well in uh, previous clubs where he's gone in mid-season and, and basically dragged them out of the relegation zone, he has spent, apart from at Blackburn where I think he spent £2 million, in this window he has spent a lot of money. Mm. Now he must have come into this club knowing we don't have those kind of resources, that it's going to be mostly loan deals and stuff. Um, but the club has to persuaded him in some way that there are there is, there is something there to work with but the the fact that we've done very few well none you know it's mostly outgoing so far the names we've been linked with i think could add something um but i just wonder and it's my only concern with when you're bringing in players from foreign leagues is how long they take to adapt to mm. life in the premier league and you know we for me we need seasoned premier league experienced players to come in to grab the team by the collar and say, look, this is how we're going to do things. And, you know, Snodgrass, I think, was a great signing. I think he proved in his in the game against uh, Wolves that's the kind of character we need, somebody who understands the league, a bit calmer. Because the one thing we've looked like this season, Luke, is we've looked immature. And I don't mean that in a, you know, we, we, you know we, we're silly, we don't know, you know, we're acting the full time. I just mean compared to the, those kind of mature clubs, mature players, we just don't look like we belong. We, we almost look afraid and we almost need somebody to go and remind these players. They are good players. They've earned the right to be there and they need to really grab grab the league by the balls, as it were, mm. and, and prove themselves. It's those kind of players. So I'm a bit concerned that perhaps the names we're looking at are not the, the, the players that are going to do it for us and have that immediate impact. Those are my, are my initial thoughts and stuff, mate. I'm, I know that you know we'll, we'll see what happens once the window closes. 
Um, there are rumours about perhaps Danny Rose coming in. That might be a good signing. Um, the lad from Galatasaray. Certainly his YouTube clips look good. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, we, we can all be led down the garden path when it comes to YouTube. So, um, um, I, I don't know. And I just hope that Sam isn't left high and dry by the club because... You know, I was no fan of Pulis at all, but I do think Allardyce is in a slightly different mould. I do think, given the resources, he could keep us up, um, even at this juncture in the, in the season. But um, we'll see. Um, fingers crossed, if they can bring in another two or three players, then then at least he's got a fighting chance, I guess. Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? And it's always kind of been the case with, with Grouch and Lai, you know, owning the club, is money. And as a fan, it... I mean, I've I've been in a situation before, you know, where you're supporting a club and, and you don't seem to see any kind of investment going in and you see players just going out left, right and centre. It's so frustrating. It must be so frustrating for fans. It is frustrating, but we know where we where we lie with the owner. We know that he's disconnected from the club. Well, I say we know where we lie with him. We don't even know, <laughs> actually, where we do lie with him quite, quite, uh, quite tentatively, I guess, with, with everything that's going on and the questions that are being asked in the Premier League looking into his ownership. So, um, But we, we always know we're a club who has to operate within its means. We know that. And I think as a fan base, the majority of us are, are realistic in what we think we can afford. What, where I think we've gone wrong is we spent a lot of money in that first transfer window essentially bringing in the same squad that limped over the line from the championship. Now, some of those players, I get the resale value uh, argument, so Dean Garner, Pereira, I get that, but to spend so much of your budget on a player like Dean Garner, who really hasn't come to the party this mm. season um, at all, and that's really kind of made, you know, left a short, and I'd have, I'd have preferred those. Yeah, when you look back in previous seasons, we've had the the players like the Paul Sharners, for example. Now, he's no world beater, Paul Sharner. I'd love him to bit, but he's no world beater, but he knew the Premier League and he knew how to play the game, if you know what I mean. And I mean that in the broader sense, not just the, the, the very literal game of football. Yeah. But he knew how to play the game of the Premier League. Those are the kind of characters I think we perhaps we should have been looking at. Um, but, you know, it, it is frustrating as a fan. You, I would love new owners. I would love new owners that would put money in. But I would never want to see the club jeopardise financially because of that. I, you know, if we go down, I just hope we don't do what Wolves did. And tumble down the leagues, um, yeah. and I hope that we you know we, we we do get the finances tight. I don't think it's worth the gamble just to stay up to you know put, put the club in jeopardy. That being said, and I'm going to contradict myself now. If we can stay up, and if that's the crux that allows the club to be sold because we're still a Premier League club, then it's mighty tempting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Some of the names just being linked, mate. I mean, you've kind of covered them by Diagne, uh, the Galatasaray striker, but another yeah. one which is really interesting, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I mean, he's a player which I thought, start of the season, I thought he was going to be playing for Arsenal. Then, when uh, when January comes around, I think, well, surely there's got to be a side higher up the table. No disrespect to West Brom, who would be after this kind of you know quality of player. But I mean, what would you make of that? That would be a real coup, wouldn't it? It's a certainly... I mean, you've got to see it as a coup because it's a step up on, on what we've got. Um, I, I, my concern is that he's a player that can play in two or three positions. So I think that suits what Sam Allardyce is looking for. Look, you know, if we can't get all the bodies through the door that he wants in terms of the number, then you've got to look at players, I guess, that can play two or three roles. Um, I, yeah, I'm surprised, like you are, that he's being allowed to even, you know, go out on loan anywhere really. Because if you look back to the, I think it was the Community Shield mm-hmm. match where he where he played, um, and it seemed like he was set for a good run in the side. I think even in the last transfer window. 
There was talk of Wolves going in on loan for him for, for the season as well. I, I'd be surprised if they let him come to West Brom. And I know people say, well, what is a style of football? How does that really affect a player? But if you look at the way Arsenal play and the way they're set up, you look at our position, the way that we're set up, the way that we're going to play, you could argue that it could be character building for him to come into a squad that's fighting you know, for its survival. But I don't see how or why Arsenal would, want, would be willing to let him come to us. If he does, for us, it is a great coup and it's an improvement on what we've got. And that's the thing. It's not just players that we need, we need to sign. We need to sign the right players in the right positions. And it would be a great coup for us. It kind of came out of nowhere. I have a feeling this would be one that goes right down to the last few hours of, um, of the, uh, the, the window closing because I can see a number of clubs probably have got their hat in the ring. Somebody like a you know, a Leicester, somebody higher at the, at the table to play a similar brand of football to, to Arsenal may, may or may not, I don't know. But um, if he does come to us, that would be terrific. Yeah, I think Southampton one side being linked pretty heavily with him as well. Uh, Spencer, moving on. Obviously, the defeat against Man City wasn't good. More the style of the defeat, I think, than anything else. It's important that they bounce back because they've got some massive fixtures now, don't they? Yeah, and I think what... The real for me, the real kind of hammer blow uh, in the last few weeks was that the win against Wolves was, was brilliant for a number of reasons, not least the bragging rights. Mm. But it was a, it was a good performance. Yes, defensively still a few practices, but you know it was is encapsulated by Carl Bartley. You know it, it was that, and those are the kind of performances we need moving forwards. But then of course Brighton go and win, and you think ah, just when you you think you might get a you know, be able to turn a page in your season, and, and other things go against you. It is absolutely crucial, and we can absolutely take nothing but six points from the next two games mm. if we're going to have a realistic chance of, of staying up. Um, and to be honest, if you look at the way... So you, the way you played against Wolves, terrific. Even the loss to West Ham, I think I said in the video blog for you, it, it was the wrong result, but in many respects, it was the right performance. Yeah. It, you know, It still seemed like progress. And then you can almost say Man City is a bit of a free shot. The chances are you're going to take a, a hammering. They're, they are in great form. But I think the attitude... And I think that's what really annoyed a lot of the fans. The way in which we just wilted, rolled over and had our tummies tickled. By, yeah, a great team and stuff, but the attitude was where it really fell down. And what they need more than anything tomorrow. Do you know what? I'll take an 89th minute winner off, I don't know, off Semi's backside. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, up from a corner or something. And have just a gutsy performance where it's not pretty, but it's ground out. I'll take that on against Fulham and I'll take exactly the same in the game after as well. Because wins breed wins wins breed confidence and once mm. you start winning it's the same as losing if you lose losing becomes a habit if you can win and if you can win two on the trot it becomes a habit and that's where Sam's been really good Big Sam's been really good in the past at picking up teams at this point in the season but um, you just wonder if as a collective group of players they're maybe mentally fragile I don't know but then you know, there is some experience in there you know you've got Gibbs you've got you know, Livermore you know, these are players seasoned professionals who have been through it so that the weakness from a fragility mentality side is, is quite surprising, really. But, um, you know, huge games coming up, absolutely huge. And it's just a shame that we as fans, you know, can't, can't be there in, in person to, to cheer on because, we, you know, could very well be the difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, and lastly, mate, I'm just going to talk to you about the, the, the breaking news today, which is, which is Friday for those listening maybe later on this weekend or, or, or next week. Uh, the news around Remain Sawyer's, he hasn't had a good season, Remain. I think he'd be the first to admit that. And and footballers are open to criticism, but it's it's crossed a line which no one wants it to cross. Uh, especially for, I mean, in football in general, no one wants to see it. But with a club like West Brom who have who have championed racial equality, 
uh, for years and years and years. It's horrible to see the news that, that Sawyers is being targeted with this kind of abuse, isn't it? Um, it's let's, let's call it what it is. It's, it's disgraceful. Hmm. Uh, it's shocking. It is a stain on the club, even though it's one fan. Um, and in, in the you know tens of thousands of West Brom fans, for one to handful of people to act as they they, they have done, and for one person obviously to be reported to the police, it is a stain on the club because of our rich heritage and history in, in this area. Um, and you know, whilst I don't want to go away from football too much, we you know we live in an age, and we've just had four years of Trumpism. Do you know what I mean? Where mm. you can say anything and, and, and anything and everything. You know, almost freedom of speech takes priority and stuff, and and that's wrong. Um, and you know, what, when they're in blue and white stripes, or even even you know, players at other clubs, and stuff, but especially when they're in the blue and white stripes of the Alpen, they're our players. Now, that's not to say that not, they're not beyond criticism. And you're right because Sawyer's has not had a good season, but he'd be the first to admit that. But the level of abuse, and that goes beyond just critiquing the performances, but the level of personal abuse that then borders into, obviously, racism is a disgrace. I think the club have, should be commended for acting as swiftly as they have done, for mm. speaking out and, and highlighting it. Um, and I hope... And in fact, you can see, actually, mate, from the 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 response from the majority of fans in, on social media, you know, there is um, a, a united kind of condemnation of, of what's happened. And, um, you know, I hope that Big Sam, in his role now as just, you know, as manager and mentor, can put his arm around Romain remind him of the player that he can be because there were games last season, especially the first half of last season, yeah. where he provided that that dynamism in, in midfield alongside Livermore, you know, and it's just a shame he's not been able to recreate that. But you know, there is a good player there. And let's not forget, above all else, he's a West Brom fan. Yeah. He's one of us. You know, so I, I hope that the person who has committed the offence um is is ashamed of themselves and I hope that we never have to see their like down the Hawthorns again, mate, to be honest. So, uh, both for our club and for, for football uh, in general as well. You know, it's, it's, it's a real shame. Yeah, I completely echo those sentiments, mate. Uh, really appreciate your time, Spencer. Thanks so much. Absolute for... pleasure. No, no, not a problem. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Great stuff from Spencer there. Uh, we're going to get one more Albion fan, one more voice on this podcast before we wrap things up. So, um, uh, a, a big welcome to, to, to Kieran. Hi, Kieran. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Um, back on the Buggies broadcast, mate. Firstly, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, third time on, I think. Do I get a hat-trick ball like soccer I am? Uh, maybe, maybe. If, 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 we get the, <laughs> if I can get the budget from the higher-ups, mate, I'll make sure to send one your way. Um, yeah, uh, I'll just get straight into it, mate. I mean, January transfer window is nearly done and dusted. Obviously, yeah. it's, it's been a tough one for, for every club to operate in. Albion, desperately in need of players, really. Only Snodgrass yeah, through the door. Yeah. What have you made of it? I think, we're, obviously, one thing that every Albion fan knows is there's massive, massive uh, budgetary constraints. Um, but I think that's compounded by the position we're in. And you, you've sort of got to look at it, you know, try and be rational and objective and look at it from a player's point of view who would join and to be honest frankly the, the calibre of player we need right now to keep us up isn't the calibre of player we really deserve with where we're at if you get what I mean mm. Luke like we're, we're sort of, we haven't commanded um, the kind of player we need I think Robert Snodgrass taking a step down to play for us 
is a bit of a surprise as well. Like, I think we, we've not done enough on or off the pitch to make ourselves an attractive prospect to anybody, to be honest. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because when you're in the position you're in, obviously Albion are in need of players and then you end up trying to... I can see, because I mean, Sam Allardyce has been quoted, kind of quoted on this, there's been video out yeah. today from his pre- press conference. It's not easy to, to convince players and... You never know. Like you could be, you could have a player, and you could you could be five minutes from getting him to sign on the dotted line, and then all of a sudden, another club comes in who are five, six places above Albion, for example. Oh, absolutely, yeah, with no danger of relegation and the pay uh, cut that comes with that, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, a player has been snatched from from under your nose. Almost, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think you can blame any prospective player because who is going to jump onto a sinking ship? Um, and I know we're not out of it. I know that the transfer window is sort of a bit of a last, a last roll of the dice for us. But it, I, I presume that the board and Allardyce would have been hoping that that first name through the door, when Snodgrass joined, it would have got a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a domino effect going, a little bit of momentum, and it frankly hasn't. Mm. No, nothing came off the back of that. Um, but we, I know in by the end, just coming through the door as well. Um, imminent league, which is it's a body through the door. Um, I'm not I'm not too sure about what I've seen, to be honest. Um, even his YouTube compilation doesn't make him look amazing. That's been a regular <laughs> topic of discussion. A lot of people kind of almost liken him to like a Mario Balotelli because of he's been he's been involved in some off-field controversy. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I was reading he's fallen out with managers and stuff, but I, I've not read too much into that. But. You know, it, Allardyce is probably looking at it and think, thinking, who do we need? What is the kind of player we need? We need a physical striker who is probably going to get other players involved, get the odd goal, and they've just gone with whoever they can get, probably. I, like it, it, They're not scraping the barrel, because that would be hard to write someone off who's not even played a game for us yet. Mm. But I feel like... It, Beggars can't be choosers in this situation. So we've got Deanne through the door. Let's go from here. Yeah, another name being linked, mate, of course. And it would be a real coup if they did manage to get him. Ainsley, mate, and Niles. What, what, what do you make of that? Yeah. Um, I certainly, I would take Ainsley, mate, and Niles. I'm not sure it will happen. I know other clubs are probably interested. Other clubs are interested in the summer as well. I know Wolves were very, very close to getting a deal done. Mm. Um, and it didn't go through. I think he's a good player who wants game time. He'd be looking to impress with the Euros on the horizon. It, to be honest, the Euros might come a little bit fast for him, Yeah, working his way back into the squad. But the, he won't see it like that. I'm sure he'll be thinking, oh, I've, I've got one last chance. Go out and loan somewhere. Get... Excuse me. Get some minutes under my belt and see see if he can force his way back in. So there's, there's no downside to that signing for Albion. He's he's versatile. He can play right back. He can play um, frank, probably anywhere across the midfield, mm. um, and that does help us in a, in a number of ways. We, we we're short in in midfield and we're short at fullback. So do you reckon a signing like that might you know I know there's only a couple of days left and and Albion don't have bags of cash. Say you were to, to get Maitland-Niles done, and I'm not saying this is, yeah. is anywhere near being done. Say they were to get him done tomorrow yeah. or, or Sunday. Would 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 players then look and say, well, blimey, they've signed like Maitland-Niles. I mean, they look like they might have a chance. Point. It's a good point. Um, it's that, coming back to that thing a couple of minutes ago, that domino effect that didn't really happen with Snodgrass. But if you've got Snodgrass and you've got a striker from the continent 
and you've got Andy Mate and Niles, and you've got Sam Allardyce. People might be thinking, oh, why not? I'll, I'll have a go. I'll throw my um, my hat in the ring, so to speak. And it might look a bit of a, a more attractive prospect. Um, but I, I mean, aside from the fact it's my club, I don't know if I would go and play for Albion at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, obviously, mate, important thing for Albion. I mean, they've come back. They've come back from that five nil thumping against Man City. They've got to bounce back now, haven't they? Because two massive fixtures. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, the other night, um, you very kindly asked me to send in a reaction for the for the online paper, yeah, or for the YouTube channel. But um, and I said on that video you, that you've got to find a way to to stress to the players that 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 doesn't define their season, mm. and you you have to. And this is probably why they they spent an hour and whatever in the in the dressing room afterwards but you've got to find a way of putting like a line in the sand and saying right lads forget about that don't let it knock your confidence and let's go on Saturday our season starts there kind of thing however when you get thumped 5-0 and the performance was as bad as our performance was then how how can you stop heads going down especially with the negative energy that seems to be surrounding the club at the moment it, it will be a really difficult one so I don't know how we come back from it but we've we've had one sort of do or die game under Sam Allardyce which yeah. was the derby and we won it so you never know this is another do or die game we've got a do or die game against Sheffield United midweek let's you know why not let's see how we get on and yes that's it sort of is our last roll of the dice getting a bit of form now that's it I mean how many points are needed? I mean, some people have said four would just about be acceptable, but others saying we need we need six. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think after, in the aftermath of that game, um, I think when I sent you that video, I said I think we need at least four. Mm. Uh, I don't know if four would be enough. I really don't know if four would be enough because Burnley have, have seemingly gotten out of it Burnley will be fine that's one less team for us to catch Fulham look a better side than we do Sheffield United have, have won two of their last three or two of their last four um, Brighton they results will start to come for Brighton it's a weird one with them but so you kind of look at it and you think well if we don't win those two games where are the other six or seven wins that we need to stay up going to come from it's not going to come from the team who are in 18th and the team who were in 20th mm. so mathematically maybe four would be enough but psychologically I think it has to be six yeah that's a fair point mate that's a fair point lastly um, the story today of course breaking which is which is massively disappointing uh, that around uh, the abuse targeting remains so it was obviously he's not had the best season uh, I think he'd admit that um, and we've, I've said that in previous callers we've had that, that he would be the first to say he's not had a good season and he is open to criticism for his performance, but when it starts um, turning into to racist abuse, there's a, a massive yeah. line that's been overstepped there. It, it's disgusting, Luke. Um, before before it was racial, and well, to be honest, there is an argument as to whether it's been racial all along, not explicitly, uh, but that is a, a conversation for a whole other day. Mm. Um, but even before it got explicitly racial... It was personal, and it was it was repeated, and there were, people were calling him lazy, and people were really, really laying into him. It wasn't just criticism of his performances, and I've actually st- 
stuck up for Remain. It, firstly, in performance level, and I, I, cards on the table, I, I've won eighty on it. I admit I was wrong to defend his performance levels necessarily. Mm. But him, him as a character, and him as somebody who genuinely cares about the football club, I will back Remain Sawyers. I will back him to the hill. And then today when I've seen that it is so so disappointing because as a club who pride themselves on diversity and a club who pioneered um, pioneered a path for black and ethnic minority footballers in the 80s it is sickening Luke it's Mm. so so upsetting to see anybody in our club anyone associated with our club react like that however the positive is um, it appears that even people who have been on Remain Sawyer's case or even people who have attacked him personally or whatever are responding in the exact same way uh, that I am. They're saying it's it's wrong, it is um, barbaric, it's it's so outdated, it's got no place in football. But it's not just Albion and that's the sad thing. Mm. Um, it, it feels like we, we, we go two steps forward and three steps back at times with, with a conversation around racism but yeah, massively, massively disappointing. And I just hope that... I don't know, I just hope that Romain Sawyers can can see how much he means as sort of a, a symbol of, of Albion fans going forward because it would be very, very easy and frankly understandable if he were to um, sort of... If he were to really let his head drop now and if he, if he were to not turn on the fans but hold a little bit of disdain towards the fans um, from now I wouldn't blame him if he did that but I, I think it is very very important to stress it was a tiny minority even maybe just one fan I'm not I'm actually sure on the details mm. but it's a tiny tiny minority and I'm really proud of the way that the vast majority of um, the fans associated with the club have reacted yeah well said mate and it is something that definitely needs stamping out right uh, Kieran it's been great to have you on appreciate you taking the time today no problem at all, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, no problem. Thank you. Cheers. Bye, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, that just about does us. Um, great to have all the guys on. A massive thank you to everyone who was who was willing to hop on and, and help out uh, with this a little bit different episode uh, of the Baggies broadcast. Fingers crossed Joe is back soon with me. Um, but until next time, it's a bye-bye from me and, unfortunately, no one else.